say that you don't really want it with us, yeah. We love you, know. We came here to say that you don't really want it with us, yeah. The sports show. With y'all yours today. What's going on? <laughs> I think it's just that lag on your end, bro. Uh, I went right after Matt, and then I said that Tay was Tay was with, <laughs> Tay was with me at the same time. We double yours. <laughs> What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Your Sports Show. It is your boy, Big Baby, aka the Soul of R and B. I'm never gonna get over that. That's great. <laughs> To, to my right, we have BK Matt. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? To my bottom right, we have the Queen Queen Tay. What's up, y'all? And to my bottom left, we have the voice of a generation, our statistician as well, Pete Rosado. What up, everybody? Good to have the whole family back together again. You know, we yeah. missed you Matt, last week. Yeah, man, I'm going through stuff. You know what I mean, man? My wife said I had to, like, you know, go away and spend some time just me, her, and the kids and, you know, just get back to earth. You know, we just been a tough year. So, ain't yeah. that, ain't that the truth? I feel you on that. I'm trying to get away. I definitely got it right out of New York. <laughs> um, I'm out in, in North Kakalaki right now. So, my second, my second hometown. You out there in the birds, like in the country, eating sugar sandwiches and shit. You know I'm what? He's eating sugar sandwiches. He, Hell, out there, he out there by my by my church, man. He can go to Walmart, which I call church. Walmart everywhere. Walmart. Now, nah, nah, you ain't got no Walmarts in New York unless you're going to Long Island or right. you're going to Jersey. That's why I'm in Pennsylvania. Right. You ain't got no I've only been to a Walmart maybe once or twice in my life. Walmart is is like it's like Disneyland for for everything else. I, yeah, I call it I call it church because it has everything. It is the holiest place you can go to, but it makes you do the most sinful things in the world. Because you walk into Walmart, you like I'm gonna go get like one, two, maybe three things. You walk out with a CVS style receipt, okay? Spent three hundred dollars. And the worst part about it is, you can justify why you had to spend every single one of those dollars. Which is the worst part about it. Yes, <laughs> everywhere I go. <laughs> I ain't gonna hold you, Walmart. It's very therapeutic. Hmm. Having time, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rich, hmm. but I end up buying some shit that I don't need. I think I got like 15 <laughs> dub soaps for no reason. It's just because it smells good, and I'm just like, it's dove. You know, I grew up on Irish Springs and shits. I never could really get dove, but not. I nigga walk around with Dove. I like Dove. Dove is me a weighted blanket. Like, why do I need a weighted blanket for? But it was twenty five. I wanted, that. Yeah, I wanted it. Told me about those weighted blankets. You see, I'm one of those people. Like, I don't like anything really on me, but I have to see for the cover. So mm -hmm. a weighted blanket would not do me. Right. So my sister was like, "You need to get one." I'm like, "It's where I got my air fryer from." Was Walmart. I can't do the air fryer, bro. She wants Yo, it'll, it. it'll change your life. It'll change your life. I like fried yeah. too much. I don't and so care. do I. So do I. And I listen, Drano, I got family in North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm. I have that southern fried chicken. So I listen, fried food is my thing, right? But on, that air fryer, and I grew up in a Puerto Rican household, so fried everything, right? Mm -hmm. So 
the air fry, though, it'll change your life, man, because you don't lose anything. You don't lose any of that crispiness. You just lose the oil, man. Mm. You just lose the grease. I definitely have to look into that. My but, chicken uh, is grease. <laughs> because um, I'm, on a, I'm on a diet that I can only really eat meat once a week, so the fried the better. Oh, see, that's mm, that, that'd be me. I'd be you. getting a T-bone steak. That once a week, I'd be getting that beautiful steak done. Yeah, no, I love it. <laughs> so once a week, I, can, I only eat meat like once a week. I can't do it. But the steak or the or the or the fried chicken. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about the diet thing. Like, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not like 19 to 20 and wrestling no more and being all athletic and crap. I'm not 185, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like 190-something. I, I hit like 200 and change when, when T got pregnant. I don't know how it happened. It's nothing more. It happened. Sympathy pregnancy symptoms. That, uh, oh, it happened. He was pregnant. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I blew up to 212. I was like, what? Wait a minute. That sympathy pregnant. That sympathy weight. My um, my <laughs> pops went through it with my mom when she was pregnant with my brother. Oh man, that's. I told funny. her I was gonna leave. Bro. I was like, it's because of you. Like when I was when I was single and unhappy, I was I was very athletic and very 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 healthy. I was Matt over training. here talking about Matt over here talking like he put on that Eddie Curry weight. Right, boy, I was out here. I was in these, boy, I was in these streets looking like Viscera. I'm not even gonna lie to you. By the way, for any long, young millennials, all right, all right. listen to us and don't know who Eddie Curry is. Don't don't torture yourself. No, nah, Eddie Curry's not a bad dude. I mean, granted, he's had. I'm not. He's a captain of the all bun of the all bum team. I'm not talking about For his career. Sure. I'm not talking about For his career. Sure. I, I was a Nick fan. I knew it. I knew. I know what that hell was like. I remember. Well, so I mean, yeah. I'm not talking about that. But go ahead. Jordan. We don't want to get we we don't want to get into a lot of Nick's talk because this will turn into like a drinking I episode. Girls, Eddie with a Y. It makes me automatically not like him. <laughs> It just hurts your soul, right? Like, it just yeah, looks, like, it looks it weird. This is not right. Eddie. Like, right. you're a real person. Like, put yeah. a head why. Right. Wow. So, wow. before we continue on, shout out to uh, Katie and Mike from the um, Raw Zone. Again, um, they were, they're, they're, they're supporters of the show, friends of the network. Um, and let's get into a couple quick hitters. Um, a lot of things, quick hitters, a segment we go through everything that's really going on in sports. So let's start with the first thing. Um, Tampa Bay advances to the ALCS by defeating our New York Yankees 2-1 to one and will now face the cheating Houston Astros. Um, and, you know, they were real trolls last night. After they beat the Yankees, they were playing, like, our signature songs. Yeah. Um, yes. Frank Sinatra, New York, New York, and um, – Empire State of Mind because um I guess they have they felt vindicated so well yeah. they can take their songs and take their stadium and shove it up their asses they can I was have that though. I was yeah, and, and though. Let, let's be let's be real let's be real straight Dre they didn't beat the Yanks they beat a roll to Chapman last night the Yankees <laughs> played very well Garrett Cole first time ever on three days rest Pitched a great game, had nine strikeouts, right? They had a, they, they played a really good game. Obviously, the offense didn't perform the way we expected to perform, but that home run that was given up by Roldis Chapman, and this is the second year in a row that Aroldis Chapman has given up a home run in, in, in this kind of a situation. 
in the ALDS last year was obviously the ALCS mm -hmm. uh, where he gave up that home run uh, oh, in the yeah. Houston series, right? So Aroldis Chapman really coming in, you're supposed to be that shutdown closer. You're supposed to be that guy. You know, this wouldn't happen under Mo, right? And again, we can't compare everybody to Mo, but really mm -hmm. that's who we compare people to when you're the closer in New York. Um, yeah. And so I want to give credit. The Yankees played a great, a great game five. Mm -hmm. A role that Chapman blew that game. And obviously when we have more time uh, to go through the baseball playoffs on this show, we could talk about the mistakes that the Yankees did make in this series because there were a couple. But last yeah. night they played a, a decent game, all things considered. Most definitely. Uh, moving on a little bit of boxing. Um, Emmanuel Navarrete defeat, defeated Ruben Villa on um, yesterday, last night, for the vacant um, featherweight title in a unanimous decision. Um, that fight was on ESPN. Um, it was actually a pretty good fight. I'm not gonna lie to you, but Navarrete put some hands on that boy. <laughs> um, oh, I hate when boxing matches go to the judges. Don't you? I'm like, it just just robs. The, well, just it's robs you can't knock everybody out. We came from the Tyson era. That's why exactly. right. every fight to go to knockout. But I mm -hmm. think a lot of Mayweather's fight fights went to decisions. So. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I hate that man. Yeah, y'all need to stop that from that hate. I hate Look, that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about. We'll talk oh, about Mayweather because there's tons. Man. There's tons of things. There's tons of things we can dislike about Mayweather, but we won't get into them here. I will say so, only boxing fight. I will say don't train. Hold on. No. 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 We'll continue on. We'll continue on. We'll that's not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, was say, Dre, I will admit, mm -hmm. I have not watched a lot of boxing. I don't think I've really watched mm -hmm. a lot of boxing in, probably in the last 10 years. I mean, I've, I've seen mm -hmm. some big fights. I've seen some fights here and there. Yeah. Uh, and I think what Tay said is very, it's very valid, right? We grew up in a very different era of boxing. Don't get me wrong. I'll sit here and I'll watch an old fight. Like, I'll yeah. watch a Hitman Hearns fight me on too. replay. I'll watch a Muhammad Ali fight on replay because I think when those fights went to decisions, they were real contests, right? 12 rounds, and both men really put, put the work in. But we grew right. up in the er in the eras of Tyson, Holyfield, and then followed by Lennox Lewis. Um, and I think I really came out of boxing when the Klitschko's took over. When the Klitschko's ran everything, mm -hmm. uh, I really started watching the lower weight classes. I was always a big fan, obviously, of Trinidad and De La Hoya and all of them. But I think a, a lot of boxing has really – I don't know if it's just me – but a lot of the shine on boxing has really come off for me in probably the last 10 years. It's you know not what? A lot, a lot of people have said that. You're not the only one. I've heard that on actual, like, sports programs that boxing, like, the eyes on boxing have kind of just, like, veered away and kind of veered towards UFC, which we're about to get into right now. No, uh, Marlon. Yeah. Hold on. Huh? Before that, Pete, what I want you to do is I want you to look into the Charlo brothers. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you won't like those guys. I will, will say, you know what, Dre, I think, and because you're about to transition to UFC, this is kind of a, tra mm -hmm. a, 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 a problem. I think the same problem that a lot of us say the WWE has, mm -hmm. UFC has, and boxing has. We cool. don't really know the new stars. They don't really do a good job at building new names that keep us interested always, right? It's always going back to the old names, right? right. And that's the big thing. It's all three of those areas of sports, all, I think, have the same all thing. Sports for the, all sports for the, if you want to say that, all sports for the most part. Because, yep. you know, you don't really, by the time you blink and look, people are like, who's next? Then you're like, maybe Steph Curry. Then you realize he's been in the league for 100 years. You're like, well, maybe he's not next. And then you're like, Kevin Durant, well, he's been in the league for this long. Well, maybe he's not next either. So, well, I, 
I will say that the, I think the NFL and the NBA does a good job at really promoting its young stars, right? When people mm-hmm. show up, I mean, though, yeah, I mean, baseball does a terrible job. There are a bunch of people who don't know that the best player in baseball is Mike Trout. They don't even know where he plays. They don't know anything about it. Right. Uh, But I think basketball does a really good job. Obviously, a lot of people on the Luka Doncic train now understand that Luka is going to be the future of this league. You know, who's coming up with the Lukas and things like that. Um, Football does a good job, especially with his quarterbacks of really pushing the next generation of quarterbacks uh, when when they come up. But. Uh, I think you're right. A lot of other sports don't do that. Yeah, but even with the NFL, up until Patrick Mahomes, nobody cared about anybody besides Brady and Manning. Yep. Yeah. Oh, no, there were people, there were people yep. I think that cared. That really, but well, yeah. you want to talk about on that superstar yeah. level, it was Brady yeah. and Manning, and yeah. then maybe Aaron Rodgers, and maybe and Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. still over 20-something teams in the NFL, and it's like, mm-hmm. by the time you really start to pay attention to them, that, their twilights are almost here. Like, mm-hmm. True. You know, true. I think that's a sports problem, and, and we have a, a t- short attention span. But yeah, yeah. especially now right. that, but it's even more crazy because now we're home and yeah, still can't get into it. But yeah, go ahead, bro. So, um, for the UFC, Marlon Morales versus Corey Sandigan for the uh, the bantamweight. Main event on on UFC's Fight Island. Both these guys pretty much are trying to get back in the bantamweight title picture because of both the, they've both had issues. One was injured. One kept losing a lot. So, um, so um, is that with that the Seattle Storm, Brianna Stewart and Sue Bird and our our girl from up here, Epiphany Prince, have won the WNBA championship. Um, defeating the um, Las Vegas um, Aces, and the the Aces are really, really, really good. They were shorthanded because Liz Cambridge did not um, elected not to play this year, but they will be back because they almost they almost um, got to the finals last year um, playing against Washington. Listen, he, he mentioned Liz Cambridge, man. He listened. Yeah. Liz that Cambridge. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't get me. Listen, listen. Okay. I have never really ever listen, I, I am I'm 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 five foot ten on a good day, right? I'm five foot ten on a good day. Uh, I don't break six feet. I have no problem dating taller women at all, at all. But Liz Cambridge at set, almost seven feet tall, almost, he's six something. That that woman, listen, she is she is fine. <laughs> she is fine. <laughs> but she she's fine, but she's a dog. That's what I'm saying. Man. She is a dog. No, no, no. But what I'm saying, because she and and, and she could have been the WMV um WMBA's MVP last year. She could have, but Elaine Deladon just was above and beyond better than everybody else. Ridiculous. That girl yeah. great. Um, and this is Brianna Stewart's second Finals MVP in two years because Seattle won two years ago. Um, a little bit of wrestling before we get into wrestling later on. Oh, can we mention uh, something though, uh, Dre? Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I believe the Seattle Storm became the second WNBA team with four, or the second or third WNBA team with four uh, titles in the WNBA. Because yes. um, I think Minnesota's got four. And Houston. And Houston's got four, and now Seattle. Um, but it, it just goes to mm-hmm. it goes to show that concentration of power in the, uh, you know, there's a concentration of power in the WNBA. I mean, they, they you know, we they really the same teams. And I didn't realize this until I looked it up last week. 
Minnesota went on an every other year winning spree for, for six years. I think they won in 13, 15, and 17. It's like, you know, it's almost like the UConn mm-hmm. women are coming. Just they come to they come to the WNBA and follow the same formula. We just gonna win all the titles. That's what I said, because Sue Bird is like a six-time champ. Well, four-time with the with the WNBA and two with the NCAA. She's like a six-time champion. Sue Bird is the truth. We need to we need to shout that 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 woman out. She been that, she been that, in the league, what? She'll she be in the league almost what? Almost two decades now, yes. I think. Close Had to be close to, close, close to 20 years. Close, close to it. Close to it. And you know. Yeah. She she's gonna be on somebody's um coaching oh, staff for sure. She she's gonna be on somebody's coaching staff for sure. Um because I believe Becky Hammond is on the Spurs coaching staff right now, right? Listen, let's yeah, talk. Yeah. I've heard I've heard yeah. rumblings. I've heard, mm-hmm. yeah, I've heard rumblings. Well, BK said if it's not Duncan that gets put into that spot. That Becky Hammond may become the first full-time female head coach at NBA if Pop gives it to her instead of Duncan. Yeah, that would be something else. I would love to see that, honestly. I think she I think all roads will lead closer to her than to mm-hmm. Duncan. Yeah, she's been there for a minute. She's been in that role for, for and, a little bit. One thing about Pop, he's like a social justice guy. So he's going to want to kind of be the one to pass the torch to a woman. Pop got a little black, you know. He got a little black. <laughs> um, what was I up to? Wrestling. Uh, Alberto Del Rio. I don't know if you guys. Yes, I don't know if you guys have saw this, but he was indict, <gasps> indicted on Thursday by grand jury for aggravated kidnapping on four four counts. I mean, aggravated ki- kidnapping. For and four counts of sexual assault. Um, this was he was accused of tying down his girlfriend with boxing hand ropes and sexually assaulting her for several hours. If he's um, if he's found guilty, he can face between five and 99 years in pr- prison. That story was, mm, that was yeah. shocking to hear, yeah, it was. Oh, was it? I mean, shocking to hear that. Come on, like we saw what he went, what she went, what Paige went through with him. Oh man, anger issues, and and it's been documented for for years. That's why he didn't hold up in WWE as much as as much opportunities as he's gotten in WWE. The man was a champion. What like fucking six months into his fucking his WWE career. Come on, man. I, dude has a problem. Put like Lawrence just put like Lawrence just said. Shout out to the, you know Lawrence. Shout out to two and a half bros. Um, put him under the jail, bro. I, I look. You talking about a man that has been fortunate to get all the all of the, the different opportunities that he has, whether it be MMA or whether it be wrestling with Lucha Underground, WWE, AAA, or whatever he got going on with him. You, there's no. There's no excuse or no sympathy on this end. That that I, I I'm good on that. Put him under the jail. I gotta, I, I'm good on that. Pete, any thoughts on it? I mean Matt Matt and Kay really touched on that. I mean I lost a lot of respect for the man after we heard the stories of what Paige had to go through. We saw a lot of it come out in public. Uh I am will never I never have been and will never be an advocate for putting your hands on on a woman. Um 
You know, obviously, I think when we talk about Floyd Mayweather, Matt. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I listen. I do. I do. I think that. Do I think that there are larger conversations around how? Do I think that there are larger conversations to be had around how uh, just physical violence should be handled between the sexes? Um, you know, yes. But I am also going to say unequivocally, I don't think you should put your hands on a woman if you're a man. That's it. Like at the end of the day, that that is it. Um, you know, so I lost a lot of respect for him there. I was never really the biggest fan of his um, as a as a performer, to be honest with you. Um, I thought, you know, I, listen, he was good in the ring. He was a great heel, but I wasn't really, I didn't see him to be this transcendent star that I think the WWE wanted him to be. Um, you know, he's got a lot of opportunities, and professionally, he's burned a lot of bridges. He burned bridges in the WWE. He burned bridges with Impact. You know, he's burned bridges in Mexico. I know some independent companies that he's burned some bridges where they've booked him, and then he's decided he just didn't want to show up for his flight and didn't want to go to the show. Um, but, you know, required that, you know, money be sent to him beforehand, right? So professionally, he's a bit of an ass, you know, personally, from what we know about him, he's a big, a bigger asshole. So yeah, I, I really, I agree with Matt, put him under the jail. And that's, that's from a guy who doesn't always believe that jail obviously always rehabs people, yeah, I, I really but this is a man that I think needs to get in there and needs to have somebody whoop his ass. Drake, can I, can, can I mean that? Jay, can I be me? Can I be me? I can be me. Look, fuck Alberto Del Rio, Alberto El Patron, whatever the fuck you want to call him. I don't care. You beating on women. When you when you get in jail, you're gonna get duct taped and butt raped. I don't give a fuck. None of that. I don't care about none of that. Have fun. I like you and I want you. You can do this easy <laughs> way. Or the hard or the hard way. <laughs> Y'all making my editing <laughs> job so much harder, bro. <laughs> nah, leave that in. Like, leave that in. Yo, what we don't like, tolerate and I want you. We not tolerating that. You ain't beat on you ain't gonna beat up on women. I don't give a fuck. I drink. I drink. It's not gonna it's not gonna warrant me beating on no female. I got little girls. I'm not no. Fuck that he, dude, bro. He has a, I think he has um daughters too. Well, I'm he sorry. Does. He I'm does. The bad part about it is, you know, when you look at it, it's 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 sad because um when your personal life gets in the way of your talent. You get what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, like Matt said, you know, you can't keep your hands off of women. You're kidnapping people. You you have a drinking and drug problem. You know what I'm saying? It's time for you to face accountability for the shit you fucked up. Nobody did it to you. You did it to yourself. 100%. And the crazy thing, he was so goddamn good in the ring. So damn good. I ain't gonna hold you. I ain't start really, I ain't start, I ain't start really not liking him. Until I had to go to Boston and see him win the 40-man battle royal. But then I got into a big-ass fight because I wore a Yankees jacket. It's another story for another time. We'll talk about that another time, Pete. Me and you, we'll talk about that another time. But, yeah. Other than that, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I wore a Yankees jersey. I wore a Yankees jacket in Boston. I know it was stupid, but I did it. Um, no, you think that's stupid. I, uh, I had a scholarship offer when I was going to college. I had a scholarship offer from Tufts University, uh, and I turned it down simply because it was in Boston. Um, and I knew that I would probably get murked within the first week of me getting there because I'd have been the a-hole to step off the bus in Boston in a Yankee jersey, wearing a Yankee hat, 
with Yankee sneakers on, you know, wearing full pinstripes. I actually said that if I ever went to a Boston game, I wanted to get a custom-made Yankee jersey that on the back was split into three rows, and it said, Babe, Bucky, Boom. I'm not going to lie to you. I wore the Eagles jacket because it matched on my 13s. You know, the blue, gray, and white one. That's the only reason I wore it. One of my favorite ones. But nah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't thinking. I probably would have, you know, I probably would have thought different. I probably would have wore something different. But I wasn't thinking. I was just more or less like, shit, I'm going to Boston. You know, I had this 10 right. subject. Ten subject. Mm. Um, subject. Next. Mm. Um. Next topic, hockey, in hockey, the Tampa Bay Lightning have defeated the Dallas Stars uh, for their second Stanley Cup championship. Um, they won The last time they won, it was in the 03-04 um, season, so shout-outs to them. Um, some more information that Peter sent us earlier, shout-outs um, to him again. 19-year-old uh, unseated uh, tennis player. I can't um, – her last name is – is sweet twick right something like that um let me i'm actually have to look that up for you yeah because uh, i don't but even know from, how to pronounce her last name she's from poland and um again she was un unseated she has defeated the number four player in the world sophia cannon and has won the french open um this was only her seventh major tournament and she's never finished beyond the fourth round so Shout out to her and congratulations to her. First teenager, I think, since the 90s to win the French Open as well. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously Serena pulled out at the last minute due to a family emergency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so obviously, a lot, you know, the whole conversation in the tennis world is going to be, well, would this have happened if Serena was in the draw and things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Naomi Osaka also had to pull out of this tournament uh, as well. Um, you know, and, and she's honestly one of my favorite young tennis players, Naomi Osaka, uh, Coco Goff, uh, really, uh, have, you know, two of my favorite yes. tennis players, uh, right now. My, my stepmother is the big, the big tennis aficionados. I mean, my, my stepmother could probably tell you everything about this young 19 year old that you need to know. That's how much of a tennis fan she is. Um, but you know, it, it's, it's very interesting. Cause we know, you know, like we said, when we were talking in the group chat yesterday, Everything that happens in like an NBA Finals game right now is going to be about LeBron. No matter if it has nothing to do with LeBron, the, the conversation is always going to be about LeBron, right? Uh, and the conversation around this French Open is always going to be about, well, if Osaka and Serena had played, how would this have been different? Yes, I, I agree. I agree. And just a quick update. I don't know if he's going mm-hmm. to this, but Delonte West, um, Mark Cuban posted a, a really inspiring photo showing that Delonte is taking really positive steps towards his recovery. Mm-hmm. And um, Daryl Strawberry offered to be his sober coach. I don't necessarily know if that's a great thing, but no, Straw really no, turned no, his. No comment. Mark Cuban's a real one, though. But let, let's be real, though. Mark Cuban's a real one, though. Like, Mark, yes. Cuban, Mark Cuban, Mark Cuban, you know, saw what was happening with Delonte and went out there. And I believe when the story first broke, he's like, he went out, was searching around the city of Dallas for him in his own car, picked him up, brought him to his own house, and said, I will pay for everything. Wait. You just got to follow through on it. So I got to give respect to Cuban because he didn't have to do it, right? No, he, he didn't have to. Hold up. So hold up. He was in Dallas. I thought he was in Cleveland. No, I no think he's been not. in Dallas. He's been in Dallas for a while, but he's um, trying to be funny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's trying, trying to be funny. funny. 
I'm trying to be funny. But again, Look, shout out to every y'all need to just to- say it. LeBron is Illuminati. Say it. God damn it, say it. He's we will not Illuminati. be talking about we, we definitely won't yes. be talking about that on this show. But um shouts to everybody in the comment section. Uh shouts to Job Tits Network. They're all up in here. He's Illuminati. Uh, Illuminati got my soul. Deliano. Deliano, is that your boy? Delano. Delano. Call him Lano. Just call him Lano. Lano. I'm, my reading is it, Wait, it's trash. Way ahead of the conversation. Right. 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 This is it, man. Again, shout again. Shout out to everyone. And one last quick hit. Um, I've been secretly watching the G one because I like New Japan. And um the G one climax thirty is rounding out. They're almost halfway through. And um on block A, Kota Bushi. Zushika Okada, Will Ospreay, who I thought, who I said that I I thought was gonna win, Will Ospreay, and Jay White are all tied for ten points, um, total points right now. So, uh, and in Block B, Tetsu Naito, um, has ten points, and the closest person to him is Evil with eight. So I cannot wait to see the end of this G1 because it is going to be a mess. And I think Okada is going to be in the final. I know. I really no. I think Osprey is going to going to pull it pull it off this year. That uh that that slap battle between Ishii and and Ibushi was just Bruh. hilarious. <laughs> I love, you know because it's funny because New Japan has this way of being able to do really ridiculous stuff, but make it also seem very serious at the same time. Because if you saw two dudes in the middle of a wrestling ring just getting into a mm-hmm. slap battle, you should be like, "Are you are you serious right now?" But then it's like, right. "Wait a minute!" Ishii and Ibushi went in, and it was just like, "Okay, they're trying to kill each other right now." And Ishii looks like he hit hard as hell. Bro. That man, that, that there's a reason <laughs> the man is called the Stone Pitbull for a reason. Right, right. And that was our quick hitters. So let's get into, you know, what, let's get into today's topics, right? So let's talk about this heat game. Let's talk about this NBA Finals game, y'all. We've been talking about it most of the night. But you just want me to take it hard. I don't. We're on I the don't. same page. I don't want it's a topic in the show. I know I'm just saying. <laughs> We're let's on the same page. Let's just be honest. The three top takeaways that I took from the from last night's game, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, Jimmy Butler has to play fifty-five minutes of a forty-eight <laughs> game in order for them to win this series. That's number one. What's what's my so bad boy, about that? My boy was tired last night, mm-hmm. and. What I want to kind of say is that Jimmy Butler is underrated. You know, some people are like he's not. Oh, now we clapping for Jimmy Butler. All right. <laughs> now, mind you, I don't like the Heat. Everybody knows mm-hmm. I'll never like the Heat, never root for the Heat. I've been bitter about the Heat since 1995 when Pat yeah, Riley was the Heat. For, mm-hmm. for the Heat. But my, my second takeaway is that the Heat have a hard time, and I've been saying this since the other series um, that they've played in. 
Mm -hmm. The Heat have a hard time maintaining momentum throughout a game. So when you look at a game with them for the first quarter, second quarter, you get what I'm saying, even early third quarter, you think they have control of the tempo, control of the lead, and then next thing you know, you turn and you turn back, they're down by three points. So this has happened so consistently. Now the problem I feel with this is you can play those games with Boston, you can play those games with other teams, but it's going to be very hard for you to kind of get that next shot at LeBron and hit. You get what I'm saying? So that's what scares me. And the third thing is that people just feel like LeBron is supposed to draw all four defenders to him, then shoot the shot, get the rebound, then pass it to his team and draw the foul and pick everybody up McDonald's at the same time. We forget that basketball is a team sport. And last night, his team was he he pulled as usual. He he took the team on his back and nobody was there to kind of follow through. So those are my three takeaways. But Tay, we spoke about this, right? We yeah. spoke about this a couple weeks ago when we talked about that supporting cast in LA. It's it's LeBron, it's AD, and then there's a long blank slate, and then there's a bunch of extras that they got from the Screen Actors Guild to play Lakers players, right? Um, <laughs> and yo, <laughs> you, you more disrespectful than Drake because he calls <laughs> he calls them the Los Angeles Cavaliers. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's really what we we spoke about this two weeks ago. The supporting cast in Miami went six, seven, sometimes eight deep, where at least you know that somebody on that team could put up double figures. I can't trust anybody behind, besides LeBron and and Anthony Davis in L.A. to to score, let alone score in crunch time, right? Alex Caruso looked like somebody lost their seven-year-old on the court, okay? Um... You know, Danny Green can't hit the side of a barn, you know. To and Danny Green's defense. No. To no, Danny no. Green's defense. No. Hold on, I want to hear this. No. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. Defense, right? Don't do this. No. You made me feel my whole got in the damn thought. You know, next. Okay, I'll I, I give you, I'll give you, I'll give you some lead for that thought again, right? So here we go. In Danny Green's defense, right? This is a man who is number two. On the all-time three-pointers made in a playoffs list, only surpassed by Steph Curry, probably the greatest shooter of our generation. Like right? skin Jesus. So, so when we talk about when we talk about that, the, the, there is no in defense of Danny Green because you were brought in to LA because of the way you shot threes when you were in the playoffs with San Antonio and the way you shot threes when you were in the playoffs with Toronto nice. and you and you were brought in to be the specialist and when you're that wide open when you're that listen even even okay even the worst players on a good day can make that three that's not fair that, in, 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 that wide open some shoot some shots some shots you got some shots you don't that was at the. It's, it's true. Teddy, do you realize Razor Rondo's hit threes in the goddamn series? Time. It doesn't go in all the time. That's why people. Have, you don't. The thing is, at the end of the day, it was the right play. Because where was this? Is my first time saying his name on the podcast. Where was Kuzma all night? Where was he? I was getting to that. I'm getting to that. Well, that's, so that's where I, I want to go, Teddy. When you're done, that's what I want to go. It was the right play. You get what I'm saying? And to be honest with you. I would have thought the shot went in. 
but it didn't. So, so the, I want this is where I want to I want to pivot to, right? Because Dre, we all were talking about this last night for a good like three, four hours after the game ended, right? Um, my so Tay is correct in that based on the play that was called and the play that was run, LeBron James passing to a wide open Danny Green at the top of the key for a long time considered one of the one of the primo spots for three-point shooters outside of the corners, okay, is the was the right play. But my argument since last night has been that should not have been the play that was called. When you have, and I get that Anthony Davis was a little hobbled, right? But when you have LeBron James, when you have LeBron James, when you have LeBron James who is the king, right? The king LeBron James. And no, when you she have calls him the king. She calls right. him the king. The right. king. And you have, and you have you. I've never. Oh my. You never <laughs> call him the king. The king with all the rings. That's what you said. And I, the and I'm king watching, with the rings. And I'm watching, and that's the thing. And I'm watching uh, the comment section as I say this. And 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 Sadiq, and I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, brother, but Sadiq said it right. Just call him an asshole. That's what I call him. Kobe. Kobe. Uh, Tay's most hated player in all time. MJ. Dirk. Anybody who considers himself. Let me finish this point. Let me finish this point. Let me finish this point. Tay, Tay, hold on. Let him finish. I want to hear this too. Michael Jordan. I know what he's going to say. He said they would have all picked the shot. Yes. Okay, how? How was LeBron? I just want to know. No, no, no. Not that shot. Not Mateo. Not that shot. X's and O's. Everybody in America, in Croatia, (laughs) on Mars knows that the entire (laughs) Pat Riley, Alonzo Mourning, right, fucking Tim Hardaway, more than his seven kidneys, yeah, they were going to come and guard LeBron. Everybody knew this. You get what I'm saying? Everybody. So I want to. This is what I'm saying, right? And no, there's no play that their coach Vogel could have come up with that would not have had four Heat players on LeBron James because they were not scared of nobody else on that court. They just there was 1.1 seconds left, and they was like, you know what? I don't give a shit which other one of these scrubs get the ball as long as LeBron don't get the ball. And, and listen, I, and I do, and do I agree? Do I agree with Tay? Before you get to your point, before you because Jordan did the same play, and what did Jordan do? Jordan popped Steve out the curve. Steve okay. Kerr knocked down the shot. It was okay for Jordan to pop out the curve, right? <laughs> but how many times? Okay. How many times? Hold on, hold on Pete. Right. Before you get to your point, I'm sorry. Before you get to your point, I want to hear from Matt. Because Matt's been been sitting on his hands about this. So, Matt, please boom. tell me. So, boom. I agree with Tavia. It wasn't a bad play. That is the right play to make if you're going – if you're driving down the lane and you have four defenders on you, and you're looking for a foul, you were he was a Let me finish. Let me Tavia. Tavia. Let's be real. Tavia. How many fouls you look for and got? Tavia. Let me finish. Tavia. Tavia. That wasn't. It was a questionable call. But anyway, let me finish. No. 
<laughs> he was looking for the foul. And then when he realized the foul wasn't there and he was damn near out of bounds, he kicked it to Danny Green. Now, like Pete said, this is what you were brought in to L.A. for. Seven-something million dollars that you're making for this one year that you're in L.A. to help LeBron get a ring. Because we know LeBron thrives LeBron thrives on that driving kick. He needs to be surrounded by three-point shooters. This is why Rajon Rondo is now delegated to a damn shooter. So, right play, wrong person to send it to. I, I, but I also want to say, look, and and I and I'm I'm not yeah, my homegirl Christina, one of my oldest friends who's watching with us. I, I'm not going to sit Shout here and say that. Pete, I want you to have the last word. I'm not going to say that Tavia's wrong. Not the last word. <laughs> I ain't even finished my take. Oh, go ahead, BK. God damn it! Damn, I've been, I've been on low management for two weeks. I got something to say. God damn it! You had a lot Green. In that chat. You like Kyrie could have taken that. It made we that getting it. We getting it. We getting it. We getting it. Danny Green is a fucking bum. I'm sorry. He, he, got to go. he needs to fucking go. Kyle Kuzma has been trash for as long as I remember. And I'm like sitting there thinking, shit, you should have kept Brandon Ingram and gave away Kyle Kuzma, but you thought the diamond was in Kyle Kuzma. It's not. It's 21 not. minutes of play and seven points is that's, not that's, cutting it, bro. In the final, it's not. That's unheard of. And what could have been a closeout game is unheard of. And, and, you know, to be honest with you, at the end of the day, Green was still the right person to go to. And when you say KCP somebody was. But the thing is, no. It KCP was, has been, been consistent this whole series. Been, KCP was been, the person they should have gave that ball been to. Green. Pete just gave us the stats, right? When you look at 40% game winning, that is still a low percentage of shots that's going to go in, right? So you know when he pulls up to the three, right, there's a 40% chance that it's going to go in, which means that there's a 60% chance that it's not going to go in. So I'm going to take my chance with that 40% above somebody else's 23%, 17%, 32%. You get what I'm saying? And I think that if they would have had maybe a couple of more seconds on the clock, he could have had a chance to set his feet a little better to make a better shot. Now, can I, can I, can I argue that point? And this is my problem that I've had with – I've been having for years, arguing with a lot of, you know, basketball stats, statistical warriors. That's what I call them. Stats cannot always give you the details of every part of the game. Now, if a man it's is hot – details. Be, no, it's not because – I could be a bum for three games, but in game four, if I'm hot, give me the ball. Statistics is not going to show that. Just like you said, he shot, what, 40% on it? That doesn't dictate how he played in the series. He's been playing like shit. Not even just the series. He's been playing like shit the whole bubble. Yeah, but that's the end of the day. But at the end of the day, I would have, I would have still given him the, given him the ball. I mean, KCP had 16 points. He was he was hot the whole game. Right, but but, but I Matt, you're, him the ball. you're you're also you're also um, and why am I forgetting the word here? You're being hypocritical to your own point, right? Uh, because you said it when you started this. 
Denny Green is being played $7 million a year to be a three-point shooter for the LA Lakers. That is what right. he is brought in to be. He's being paid $7 million a year to be a perimeter shooter, okay, um, to be a very, very, very low-budget version of what, you know, LeBron had in Miami around the perimeter, right? So because of that, and because he is a 40% three-point shooter in the playoffs, the ball is going to go to him in that situation again. With the play that was drawn up, LeBron made the right pass to the right player, but the, right the, the, expect, the expectation did not come out. But again, my argument is going to be, and this is where I'm going to kind of push on what Tavia said, right? I think LeBron should not have gotten the ball on the takeout. What should have happened, okay, is there should have been a screen. Somebody else should have gotten the ball on the takeout. AD, AD should have been, remember, it's a two-point game. It's a one-point game. It's, it's not a, a two-point game. game. Right, Pick so you throw, foul. You, you throw AD down in the post, you throw AD in the post, they're going to have to double him. So now you can't double LeBron. You have someone take, take the ball out, set the screen, LeBron gets the shot. I would rather LeBron take the last shot and lose than LeBron make the play that was made. I didn't agree with the play call to begin with, and, I, and I'm going to agree with Tavia, yes. Every great player in history, has had other players bail them out in big games. Okay, Jordan, we go with Paxson and Kerr. Kobe's had, you know, Ori has, Ori and Fisher bailed out Kobe at certain times. But, but the difference, and in, in my opinion, the difference is Kobe, Jordan, Bird, all these assassins that took that last shot, they had built up enough capital. Where if they wanted to pass on that last shot and but give it to Kevin somebody Durant. else, they but could. Kevin Durant. But okay, Kevin Durant right. Kobe, how many times? How many times? How many times? I'm right. We're going to add Kevin Durant. But here's good. How many times? Soft that Sherman ass could not that list at all. At the so, end of the day, Pete, you're right. And I get what you're saying, right? But what I'm, what I'm going to do this. There's, like I said before. Whether LeBron got the ball there or got the ball in the paint or got the ball anywhere, right? he knew he was bait at that moment. You get what I'm saying? You, you got to be bait with better players, though. I got to be honest with you. You got to be bait with better players. But that's also not his fault. Yeah. You, and, and that's not his fault. You can't be – you can be bait when you got Ray Allen. You can be bait when you got Ray. You can be bait when you got D-Wade. But you can't be – you cannot be oh. bait. When you Kyrie. are the great, when you are the great LeBron James, we're not adding Kyrie to anything. Add Kyrie in that goddamn list. Add Kyrie in the goddamn list. Add toxic teammates. When you are, when you are the great, so disrespectful. When you are the great, LeBron James. Matt, Matt, Listen, when Kyrie Irving is back, when Kyrie when Kyrie is back in the finals, we're not going to be honest. That's what we're doing right now. We're not going to be honest. We're not going to be honest. And he hasn't been able to shut it. We're going to easily forget the game that LeBron and Kyrie both had 40 each. All right. You know what, Matt? You know what? We're going to forget the game that Kyrie hit that last shot that clinched. 
the championship ring. We're going to forget all that, right? Forget about that. That Let's give Matt his roses. Hold on. Let's give Matt his roses real quick. Matt, let me ask you a question, Matt. It's between me and you real quick, Matt. You ready? I'm listening. Okay, you want me? You want me? You want me to put Kyrie on that list? Yeah, right. You gotta add Kyrie to that list. Hold on. You want me? You want me to add Kyrie to that list? Right. Okay. Because he ain't win that ring without Kyrie Irving. Hold on. But here's here's bring up Okay. Hold on. Bring him up. Hold up, Matt. Bring him up, Matt. Here's my question, though, Matt. Here's my question. Okay, if you want me to put Kyrie Irving on the list of the bailout players, right? You want me to put him on the list of those bailout role players that can make those big shots. I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Of the players I'm about to name, okay, the star player on their team cannot make them final shot. It has to pass to one of these players. One of the following players. Please tell me, completely unbiased. Try your best. Please tell me if you put in Kyrie number one on the list of the following players to make the last shot when the star player can't make it. Ready? I bet you about to do some unfair shit, but go ahead. No, no. No, no. I'm yeah, going to give you all guys who made shots. I'm listening. Okay. Danny Ainge. Really? Kyrie Irving. Ray Allen. Steve Kerr, Clay Thompson. That's not even right. Are you really? take? Are you throwing the ball really? to Kyrie before you? you that just, gave, you just gave me Noah, never and and Jesus Shuttlesworth on the same list. You think I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know who Kyrie was on that court. I'd be like, who? I don't know. I know. I'm throwing it. I'm throwing it to one. I'm throwing it to that light skinned bad bitch of the West. Exactly. Hold on. Oh, you know. All right. You know what? You don't want. You don't want better players. Hold on. How about when Tayshawn Prince bailed out the Detroit Pistons when Rip Hamilton couldn't make a shot? So oh, you okay. saying Tayshawn Prince is more reliable on a, on a last second shot over Kyrie? During that series, he was. Okay, I'm not um, talking about that. Oh, series. Hold I'm talking hold about in general. You're gonna, no, 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 no. Let's no, talk no, about no. how many you times. You this can of worms. Let's so talk about how many times. Big shot, Bob. You opened this can, Pete. Don't do okay. it, Pete. So you mean to tell me you trust Tayshawn Prince? If you got 12 seconds on the clock, you choose Tayshawn Prince to pick the last play over Kyrie Irving? Yes. If it's That's a jumper, if it's, if a, it's jumper, a jumper, yes, no, yes. ten if it's, seconds to make a fucking shit on the court. You choose to take Sean Prince over Kyrie Irving. If it's a spot up jumper, yes, yes, that is bullshit. You if it's a spot up jumper, yes. Stop, stop. Take Sean Prince ain't never averaged over fucking twenty in his life. Stop. No one, no one ever about that. Kyrie averaging. It's no. seven dumbass things hey, that come out of his mouth. Oh, oh, no one said nothing. Is that no what you're right now? Great. Take a talk. Wow. Next. Wow. No one said nothing about. No one said nothing about averaging twenty. But you know what? I would take Tate Short Prince. I would take Robert Ori. I would take Robert Ori. Next yeah, time we're going to spot up on a spot up bailout shot, yes. 
Dre, mute their asses. We going next. You should be banned from New York for saying some shit like that. Hey, Sean Prince. So, so, so. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Hey, Sean Prince. So. Why, while we're on, while we're on the topic, while we're on the topic of, of Tayshawn Prince, of not, yeah, of Prince, and you know, lanky um, forwards, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith thinks Giannis, that I'm about to leave. If you bring up Giannis, I'm leaving. I don't want to hear nothing about Who's Giannis. bringing up? Who Giannis bringing him up? up? Ew, you said yuck, forwards. Yuck, you said lanky yuck, forwards. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, ill. No. Yo. <laughs> we're not talking about him. No. <laughs> We're not talking Matt, about no, over. We're not talking about overrated. We're not talking about overrated MVP. Not that show. <laughs> but let's talk about what Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins got into on um, first take. Apparently, Stephen A. Smith thinks there is no gap between KD and Brown, but um, Perk thinks that there is. Um, Pete, I'm going to start with you on this one. Am I, do you, you think? Am I allowed to do be you PC think? Or I gotta be PC or I can be me. You gonna let me finish? You gonna let me finish? Huh? <laughs> no. Tay, what you you gonna let me finish? Say what you said. Let's be PC. Oh, really so, you already talked about somebody getting getting. No, I forget yeah. it. Pete, what are your thoughts on, on that comment? <laughs> What 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 are your thoughts on not not what Matt said earlier about about somebody being the booty warrior, but I'm talking about um Stephen A. Um, <laughs> KD and um and LeBron. Is there a gap? If if so, if not, why? Um. Okay. So it, it, and it's it's a very convoluted question, and I think that's where a lot of the argument comes in, right? Because when you mm-hmm. look at resumes, obviously there is a huge gap between LeBron James and, and Kevin Durant. When you look at resumes, when you look at accolades, mm-hmm. when you look at you know the awards that they've won in the NBA, right? Um, when you look at when you look at titles, obviously there's a gap. Uh, but when I'm looking at talent, when I'm looking at skill level, when I'm looking at if I had to pick somebody to start a team with. You could you in my opinion you can't go wrong with picking either LeBron or Kevin Durant as like your number one guy to build your team around as your star player. Obviously, I think LeBron James is a bit more versatile because you're looking at a guy who can legitimately at his size, both both height and his his strength, could legitimately play one to five, in my opinion. Uh, he doesn't have the size to necessarily be a center, but his athleticism and his ability, uh, he can play a stretch five in today's NBA, right? Um, I, I think I think um, I think a guy like Kevin Durant obviously is a three four five. He has the he has the shooting style and ability two, three, of a two four, guard. Five. Right, no, two, he has the four, shooting five. ability and the style of three, a two four, guard, five. but yeah. he has two, the body. Four, he shoots like a two, Matt. But you're exactly not putting, why I said two, three, four, right. five. But you're not putting just like you're not putting Dirk, who shot like a two guard. You're not putting Dirk as a seven footer at the two, right? You're just not doing it, right? Uh, so I'm not putting Kevin Durant as a seven foot guy who can shoot like a beautiful two guard. I'm not putting him as my two. I'm just, I'm just saying right. as far as capabilities. Oh yeah, capability wise, he's talking about the capabilities. Um, 
That's so I, I think in, in that respect, in that respect, there is no gap. But I think a lot of people are going to argue the fact that, you know, LeBron James, LeBron James, LeBron James has been the number one player in the world and in the NBA. He has Forever. essentially been right, since, since before he got to the NBA. I'm sorry. It's, right? it's, it's, except for when Kobe got hurt. This, nah. this, was, this was a man who, when he came in, you know, ESPN was covering his high school games. I had to watch. I had to watch St. Mary's games on ESPN, right? Um, you know, and then he got, and then he goes to, to to the NBA and gets drafted by the Cavs. And everybody says he can't shoot to save his life. And and the kids become the the, the biggest man in the NBA. And he right. is he is he is the needle by which the NBA moves right now. He is, and until he retires, he will be. He will be the needle to which the NBA moves. But, and him and Kevin Durant only have a three year difference, by the way. It's only wow. about a three, four year difference. It doesn't even feel that way. It felt like it yeah. was a big difference between the two. Right. It, it did. And so, you know, I think talent level wise, if I asked Tavia and BK to uh, create a team and who's their number one draft pick, and Tavia picked LeBron and BK Matt picked Kevin Durant, I would sit here and be like, you know what? They're I evenly do. matched right there. And so I don't think there is a gap. I think the gap goes because we've seen so much more of what LeBron is. Now remember, a lot of people didn't pay as a lot of attention to Durant while he was in Seattle. And even for a little while when he, when he was in OKC, remember that LeBron and Tavia's brought this up. He's still doing it in L.A. For how many years was LeBron the only player of note on those Cleveland teams, essentially carrying that entire Cleveland franchise on his back, right? While in OKC and Seattle, who did KD have? He had a young James Harden coming off the bench. You had Russell Westbrook. You had players on that team that people knew about, right? So KD wasn't always the number one guy until – Right now, when he's in Brooklyn, because even when he went to Golden State, he wasn't the number one guy. Um, and so when I think people look at it like that, they look at it if there's a gap, in my opinion. In my personal opinion, as a player, looking at the two players, I don't think there is a gap. And I think if you put here's – here's where I make that point. If you take LeBron James off of his teams off his, in his career and put KD in those same spots, I think you still get the same results. No way. Hell no. Well, Tate, well, I was actually about to go to you next anyway. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Tate. Oh, shout out to my aunt. She's in the stream. Hi, Auntie Tasha. Hi, Auntie. Hey. Hi, um, Auntie. Tate. All right, so this is how I feel, right? Mm -hmm. I think that KB has been on better teams, too. You cannot deny the tandem, the, the, the miniature three between, I would say, Westbrook, uh, KD, as well as uh, James Harden. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be like the new kids on the block to dethrone LeBron in the heat in the center third and got embarrassed right. in the finals, right? Mm -hmm. Now, I feel – I get what you're saying. You get what I'm saying? And, and while I do feel I agree with about 90% of what you're saying, Pete, you know what I'm saying? So I'll give you that. I can never say Kevin Durant is overrated. I don't feel that way. But you see how you say LeBron can play the two, three, four, five, right? Correct. I think he can play. Yeah, I think he can play actually all five. All five. He can play all five. Yeah, yes, I said that. I said that. You see KD only playing the two, the three, and the four. KD can play five. He, he, always, had, he always had a good one. 
and he's not a defensive-minded guy enough to be a five. That's how I feel. It's always the difference okay. between. That's the distance between their talent. I feel. You get what I'm saying? Like I told you guys in the chat, it's not Grand Canyon wide. You get what I'm saying? But it's like okay, KD is a superb player, exceptional player. But like I said, it's a difference between one and five and two, three, and four, and that's the distance between the team, between LeBron and KD. You get what I'm saying? Like, and I and I rock. I like KD. I think he's soft. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a better scorer. Like this is the whole thing. I feel like KD is cut from that same cloth, like the Jordans, like the Kobe's. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're more prolific scorers, and I feel like they had better floor generals around them. You know what I'm saying? Whereas LeBron, I feel I don't feel like KD could have done with the little that LeBron had done. That's the only like the distance between talent is like this. That's all I mean. That's too much. Matt, your point, and Matt, please. I already said what I was going to do. <laughs> no, don't play with Matt, me. Y'all shouldn't do this to me. She get to go off on Paul Pierce all the goddamn time. I should be allowed to say that Kendra Perkins is an ashy need nut hugger LeBron. I, didn't even like I should be able to say that. I should be able to say that. But he also played the ball for them, though. Look, I, no, the fuck, he doesn't. Like, from, from <laughs> gay, he's been trashing KD. Talking about Russell Westbrook. Is the best OKC Thunder of all time. Motherfucker, what? <laughs> and it's funny, we did an episode. We definitely did an episode on our former podcast talking, Look, fuck that talking about that. Like I was that saying. Point blank, <laughs> point blank, period. This is what it is. There's nothing that LeBron can do offensively that Kevin Durant can't do. To bring in a little bit of a difference. You see how you always try to bring in that little thing. What, what can LeBron do that Kevin Durant can't do? What can LeBron do that Kevin Durant can't do? Can somebody the, tell me what LeBron can do that Kevin Durant can't do? Besides Walter to join up with two franchise players. I, no, I think, the only thing, I think the only thing, and I think Tavia did touch on it, the only area in which there's a bit of a gap is in defensive tenacity. Yeah. That's so, it. So, so Kevin Durant can't play defense? I didn't say he can't. It's I said he's not as tenacious. You're not going to see Kevin Durant do the chase down blocks that LeBron's been doing his entire no. career. You're not. You're not going to see so, that. So you're we're going gonna to marginalize this. Oh no! You just said, "Is there anything that can't be done?" I just answered that question. No, but, but you just said, "All right." So I'm not saying that means there's a gap between them. No, I'm just saying that one point. That's one point. That makes his resume. What separates them two? No, I, playing, I said that head head to head. When they're playing head to head, I'm choosing KD over LeBron. I'm the sorry. Set, the stats. I sent you very. You had a whole week. I sent. I knew this was coming. You have five days. I put in the chat, right? Their head-to-head records and how they how they played against each other. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, KD has always had better teams than LeBron. I'm just except for that Heat team. Stop. KD has always had better. Let me tell you something. People shit on Russell Westbrook, and I, and I hate that shit. Y'all want nobody shitting on Russell Westbrook. We're not gonna. We're not going to marginalize it and make it seem like Russell Westbrook is the best point guard ever. He's not. That Thunder team wasn't a fucking problem. We're not going to sit here. The Miami Heat team was a fucking problem. Yeah, okay, but we're not going to sit here. And who won that series? 
but the thing is, what I'm saying Who is, won that Tim series, B has traditionally been on better stacked teams. I said, apart from the Heat, the heat, the heat and the LeBron. Right. He was on the Golden State Warriors. One of the best teams ever, if not the greatest team ever. That's probably KD's, uh, KD's best team of all of his teams. The best teams. That OKC and he had great teams his whole entire career. That OKC team would have done a better job against LeBron in the, in the Heat that year. That I'm just being honest. Like, I didn't think really making it seem like Russell Westbrook and, and just him and Russell Westbrook was a great damn team. They faced better teams than them in the playoffs. Uh, what I'm Whereas, saying is, so uh, don't, not the so point. don't make it seem like he had the a great is, team. The point is, he had a playoff team. That's the it. KD has been on traditionally better rosters than LeBron has been on, apart from the Miami Heat. And, and to be honest, that's facts. Who can you name me anybody from the Cleveland Cavaliers before 2010 who's going to be in the NBA fucking Hall of Fame? Just being honest. And then when you look at it, that same Thunder team that, that Kevin Hughes wants, that's the watch of the Hall of Famer. James, James Harden is the Hall of Famer, too. So let's just be this, real. This is not the same bro, James Harden that we saw. Matt, the, this, talent, said, the talent is this Larry far. Hughes. <laughs> Matt said Larry Hughes, bro. Matt said Larry Hughes. But I'm I'm gonna just post what Tavia posted and then we can move move on. Um here are the head-to-head stats between Braun and, and KD. Um as you can see. <laughs> yeah, but really... he had the better teams. But he had the better team. He did have the better team. Come on. Um, as you can see, stat-wise, it's not too crazy outside of the rebounds and assists because KD doesn't really pass the ball. Um, wow. Other than that, and it, if I'm lying, I'm come on, yeah, if be real. And that's, what, and that's what I mean, that there's only if you can be a Columbine shooter, I would get from fucking, I would shoot over the time, too. The difference in the degree of talent is only what makes a complete player, right? Mm. We know that they're neck and neck, if not KD being a better prolific scorer. But when you look at a, a complete player, like Pete said, KD is not – he does not have that defensive mentality that LeBron had at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, if I'm going to – he's like, you know what, I'm shooting. And you got to remember, you gotta remember that, when, that when he came into the league, when Durant came into the league and he came into the then Seattle Supersonics – and now and then, which obviously turned into the Oklahoma City Thunder, he had a really good supporting cast. Durant was given the opportunity to really grow as a player. Mm-hmm. And then you end up with a Russell Westbrook and then a James Harden and things like that. And you really allow yourself to grow as a player. They had, and, and to be very honest with you, like they didn't have any world beaters. Right, they didn't have they didn't have any world beaters, but they had some really good underheralded veterans and some underrated players. Again, who aren't world beaters, they aren't going to score you twenty and, and get you twenty five rebounds, things like that. But one of my right. favorite New Jersey Nets players, um, uh, Nanette Kristich, was on those early um, Oklahoma City and Seattle teams. A really good uh, veteran center. Um, that was a favorite. 
Well, he was, one of, he was one of my low-key favorite nets. One of my low-key favorite nets, right? Yeah. Um, Motherfucker mother what? Wow. <laughs> uh, you, had, you had the wow. veteran, one of my favorite veterans in all of the NBA, and Kurt Thomas on those teams. Wow, I love Kurt Thomas, man. Fuck Kurt Thomas. You don't have to. Pete, by the way, you don't got to answer any nets questions to Matt. Matt just, just joined, so don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, you know, you had you had you had guys like you had guys like Nick Collison on those teams. You know, so you had guys on those teams that were veterans who could take a little bit off the load off of a KD. Again, Collison isn't a world beater. Kristich isn't a world beater. Kristich was going to give you ten and ten on a given night. Collison could give you double digit rebounds or could go off and get ten to twelve points, right? And then you had you had you had defensive guys like Thabo Cephalosha on those teams. Um, and other other people around them that could really chip in. And so Durant, I think, for a very, very long time, this is not to say that Durant was underrated. No. I think for a very, very long time, Durant was unheralded. And the reason is because Durant has never been the only guy on his team. Right. LeBron, for the entirety of his beginning of his career in oh, Cleveland. Yeah, you better add the beginning part. You better <laughs> add the beginning part. LeBron, for the entire beginning part of his career, was the only guy in Cleveland, even when they had, you know, the the, the, the aged wonder that was Shaq, right? He was – was Larry Hughes. You know, stop it. Stop. Stop. Because if you're going to say shout-out to Larry <sighs> Hughes on those early Cavs teams, if you're going to say shout-out to Ricky Davis, okay, let's not do this. Right. Shout out to Mo Williams. Shout out to Drew Gooding. Right. Shout out to Drew Gooding. Jamal Real Moon. And El Gowskis, that was my nigga too. El Gowskis was very Gibson. Gibson was that man. The two the two players, the two players, the two players that I will always love from Cleveland. The two Cleveland Cavaliers that I will always love was the Junis Elgowskis and Anderson Varajal. Barajal was that energy dude that came off that bench and really and really hyped that team up. And I really got mad. I, you know, big ups to the Cleveland Cavaliers, though, because they traded Barajal away midseason of their championship year to Golden State. And they ended up giving him a ring anyway for that season. That, uh, big ups to Cleveland on that. Mm-hmm. But – you know, what you didn't have, you know, you never really had a supporting cast around LeBron of any caliber until he went to Miami, right? And then he left Miami and went to and went to um, you know, back to Cleveland and he got the Kevin Love and Kyrie uh trio going and tried to get I a little bit of a Kevin Love. You know, yeah, and, and and that was my favorite. I love Kevin Love when he was in Minnesota getting twenty five and twenty five a night, right? The dude with the great white hope in Minnesota for a long time, you know. Um you know, so he tried it in, in, in Cleveland, and now he has no supporting cast again outside of AD in in LA. But Kevin Durant never had that. KD always had somebody with him of a first round caliber, lottery yes, caliber player yes, around did. him in yes, Seattle, in Oklahoma City, and then obviously going to Golden State. And now you have a team in Brooklyn. That even though the Dinwiddies, the Leverts, and all of them are not necessarily the guys that you would think were lottery-level players, they have really grown into being great players. And that is a team that I think if you had Durant and that team around him can really go places. And that's where I think a lot of people get confused. Like Tay said, she forgot there was only like a three, four-year difference between LeBron and Durant. Because for a long time, Durant just went under the radar. Durant was one of those guys that we knew he was great, and we always talked about him, but he flew under that radar for some reason. And that's the reason why. It's because he was always 
part of a team and not the world beater that LeBron had to be on all his teams. True, 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 true. Because um, this topic can be debated. This topic can be de- debated forever. But we're talking about we're talking about world beaters. Let's talk about these comeback kids in Chicago, bro. Let's talk about these Bears, right? Let's move on to some football real quick. The Chicago, um, I had it up. See, I'm tripping. I I I need to be better. <laughs> I need to be way better. Tom um, Brady forgot it was fourth down. Right. right. Basically, <laughs> we're, we're get it. Yeah, there's so much. To, yeah, I feel like Tom Brady just now. So the Bears shocked the Bucks and came back down double digits, um, to beat the the, the Bucks twenty to nineteen. They are now four and one, and three out of their last five games have been comebacks um, for double digits. They're sounding like the Chiefs right now, but the last Chicago team to do that was the 85 Bears, the championship team Bears. Um, from what we were saying, because we know we have they have foals now in for the for the um for the rest of the season, basically. Tab, I'm gonna start with you because you 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 made a joke about this, but it might be it might actually happen. Where how far do you think these bears can go? They can definitely go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We had a discussion very early in the season about if, and I think it was Pete who said that he didn't think the the bears were legitimate, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like they're showing that they are. You get what I'm saying? Um, last year they had the top rated defense. The year before last. They had the, the top-rated defense, and now this year with Foles, I mean, Foles is one of those guys who will give you that consistent that consistent arm. You get what I'm saying? That you need to kind of make a deep run. I don't know if they can beat the Chiefs. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? I doubt if they could beat certain other top-level teams, but mm-hmm. they are definitely going into a problem. And um, Foles... I hope you Philly fans are really taking a look at what y'all let walk away. He I'm is talking that, to you, Wilkins. Just he's, say he's, he's not only Wilkins. He's not the only one. He's not the only one. <laughs> I've, I've seen it all over the place. You know what I'm saying? He's not the only one. Mm-hmm. I have friends who are Philly fans. You get what I'm saying? And we've had these debates and these discussions. And what Foles showed y'all Thursday night mm-hmm. was that this was the man that won the Eagles at Super Bowl ring. And there are players that I will say there are forms of teams that Brady struggles against. Always. They always did. And the Bears, the defense that they played was resemblance of those teams that Brady struggled with. And the thing is, where is Gronk? Mm-hmm. He, tried to, he came to life a little bit on Thursday. You know what I'm saying? But he is not, he's the Gronk of the Gronk of old for sure. I, I noticed that. I noticed that because that's one of them teams he struggled with. That rust, anyway. that rust, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's funny, oddly enough, you say that because me and Tavi are playing against each other this week, and I'm I'm looking at Gronk, and he, like I'm always looking at Gronk because Gronk is he can easily get you 20, 25 <laughs> points in a game, and just seeing how many touches he's really getting, it's not looking too good for Gronk this year, and and. Uh, maybe it's the age thing. Maybe it's Brady not being comfortable in the offense. In the offense, but um, Pete, you're, you're no. I'm sorry, Matt. Your thoughts on the Bears uh, and, and, just, and them being four and one? Um. All right. 
I think the Bears are a legit, not like necessarily like a threat, but they're a sleeper team. Do I see them beating like a team like the Chiefs? No, I don't see that. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes is all world. I feel like um, what's the name, Kelsey? I feel like he 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 he's he's the truth. They got too many weapons on that team for you to sit there and just like, all right. I, I can see the Bears beating. No, I know. Sorry, I know. I, I do feel like if you sleep on them, they can pull some out. They can pull some out their hat, but. I agree with Tavia to the degree that the Philly fans should be upset that y'all chose fucking we're not even gonna mention his name because he's so goddamn trash. But um not necessarily trash, he's just overrated. And you should have stuck with the quarterback that got y'all the Super Bowl. And that's just what it was. Not saying that Nick Foles played out his mind because he 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 relatively struggled the first what like first two quarters of that game, and they kind of mm-hmm. came alive around like after halftime and whatnot, but it just let, let let's just call a spade what a spade was. It, it's still Tom Brady and um I'm not I can't think of the dude name the the, the coach Bruce Elroy or something like that was his name Bruce Arians yeah, yeah bro, Bruce Arians it, it's it's a miscommunication between them. What you're not getting that you're used to is you had Bill Belichick who's in control of everything who had a plan for everything. So you knew what you were doing before you even started your drive. So for you to not realize that you were at four down, that's just either it could be you could chalk it up to maybe Tom Brady's age, and maybe that it's that maybe he misses Bruce like um Bill Belichick, or it could just be Bruce Elroy's problem. That mm-hmm. that was something that he should have he should have had more control over. So yeah. it's just a it's, it's one game. It's not exactly like the Falcons and what they fucking did a few weeks back, but you know it, it's, it's a small detail. It, 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 they're they're new together. There's no training camp. There was no preseason. Like they're figuring out as they're going. That chemistry doesn't happen overnight. But Gronk missing mm-hmm. that can't happen. Sorry, that can't happen. Tom Brady doesn't fumble the ball. I don't see them losing this game. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. So, yeah. Your thoughts, Pete? I'm about to be the, the old man who tells the kids to get off his lawn. Um, I think my biggest problem with the NFL as a whole is the devaluation of the running game in the NFL. Uh, the Bears had 35 yards rushing that entire game. 35 yards rushing the entire game. They only rushed the ball 14 times. Their number one guy, Montgomery, 10 carries for 29 yards with his longest carry being seven yards. Now, granted, he scored a touchdown at the goal line, but this is this is uh, a problem. You cannot throw the ball 50, 60 times, and they only threw the ball 42 times, but still you cannot throw the ball that many times every single game and expect to win. And the Chicago Bears have no running game. And I grew up in an age where the Chicago Bears running game was their calling card, right? And I always heard the stories Mm -hmm. of the Chicago Bears running game. You never knew the Chicago Bears quarterbacks because you knew about their running back. You knew about their defense, 
right? Um, and, and, and to me, there's, there's identities of teams, right? The Steelers' identity is always rough and tumble defense. The Ravens' identity is defense and running game. The Packers' identity is throwing the ball and the, and the, and the frozen tundra that is Lambeau Field. You're not beating them at home, and they will outshoot you in any game, right? Teams have identities. And the identity of the Bears is defense and run the ball down your throat until you're choking up touchdowns because we run it too many damn times. And the, and the quarterback being able to make the plays that they need to make to put the team in positions to win the game. The Bears won that game because Tampa Bay screwed up. Okay, The Bears won that game because Tampa Bay screwed up. The Bears should be 3-2, and two, not 4-1. and one. Okay, I still don't think the Bears are legitimate. I do think that Nick Foles is a better quarterback option. I do think that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, oh, we have to get into, I think that we have to get into a lot of questions over what is the quarterback situation going to be in Chicago moving forward? What is the coach situation? Cause I don't think that coach, uh, who's uh, in Chicago has been shown to be as heralded as he was supposed to be. I believe he was the number one offensive coach in the CFL that they brought in. Um, and you know, obviously the, the offense of the bears has not been this, you know, wondrous machine. Um, so there are a lot of questions with this Bears team, um, but I think the larger question just goes to just the state of the NFL and and the disappearance of the running game, the disappearance of the star running back, the difference, the disappearance of give the running back the rock, let him run it twenty times, let it bust him down your throat, and then let the quarterback make the passes they need to make to put the team in a position they need to win. It's it's always easier to win the game when you're doing second and two third and one than when you're at third and 10. Okay. And I'm tired of teams constantly going into passing formations on first and second down. Listen, I'm not saying you got to bring back the days of the I formation football. I'm not saying that I'm not saying you can't have a spread, a spread system, but the reason why mobile quarterbacks and non-mobile quarterbacks are successful is when you have a running game that can take the defensive attention off of the quarterback. And when you got a quarterback like Tom Brady or even Nick Foles, who are mostly going to be contained in the pocket, you need to give the defense something to be worried about. And if they don't have a running game to be worried about, they're going to, in the words of my favorite football coach of all time, well, my second favorite football coach, because he's not Denzel, we are going to blitz all night, right? That is what we're going to do. If you don't have a running game, I'm going to blitz you all night. Ain't gonna work against the Chiefs, though. Right? No, no, it's not gonna work against the Chiefs because Mahomes can run the ball. But again, the Chiefs also have a running game. And Clyde Edwards Hilaire, they have a running game. And so I could give the ball, I could give the rock to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I can also throw him the ball out of the backfield and expect him to get yards after the catch, right? And it keeps Mahomes safe because now the defense front seven can't blitz. They can't stack the box because if they stack the box, Mahomes is gonna kill you, right? And if you don't stack the box, I'm going to let Clyde run all over you. You can't say that in, in Chicago. Now, Ronald Jones had a great game, had over 100 yards rushing for Tampa Bay. Okay, that's what you want. You want your running back, get 100 yards, you know, get those carries, uh, and then Brady 25 for 41. I was glad he didn't throw an interception in this game, but he did fumble the ball. Mm-hmm. To me, the bigger the bigger problem is the fact that there's a lack of a running game, um, and I, I don't think I still don't think Tavia that the that the Bears are for real. Though I do think Foles is going to be a better option for them. They're sleeper. That's all it is. I don't like. I said I don't see them making. They're definitely a better team. They're fuck. They're we're going into what week five. 
No, they're a better team with Foles as the quarterback, but I don't yeah. think they are for real as a team. I think these Bears remind me a lot of the Rex Grossman Bears, right, of those days. Uh, remember, and I brought this up a couple weeks ago. Remember that game when the Bears played Arizona and Arizona had them beat going into halftime? And then all of a sudden, mm -hmm. Arizona fumbled that game away, threw a couple of interceptions, made a bunch of dumb plays, and the Bears came back. But the Bears had a horrendous offensive stat sheet. And Denny, mm -hmm. and, and Denny Green, God rest his soul, when that, that the, the iconic post-game news conference, is that what is it? they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. right? And I think that these Bears are very similar to those Bears. They're I'm not a great you. team. They're not a great team. I never said they were a great team. I didn't, say, I didn't say you did. I didn't say you did. They're just not a great team. They have a lot of holes. Foles is going to be a better option at quarterback, but they still have a lot of holes as a team, and I don't see them being a legitimate team moving forward. Copy that. Yeah, yeah. They are better than the Jets and the Giants, though. Come on, uh, of course, you had to throw that in, didn't you? I'm a Jets fan, and I'm saying the Bears are better than us. Do you know how much that hurts? Do you know how much that hurts? How you even I, – I, that's a whole nother question, just how somebody can be a Jets fan. That's just weird. Because I grew but, up in the days of Vinny Testaverde and Wayne Corbett, who was, the best wide, who was the best wide receiver that you ever seen in your life as a white boy crossing the middle of the field and getting 18 concussions a game, okay? Um, I remember when we had Lavernius Coles and Santana Moss. We had both of them. And we were making, yeah, we were making the AFC DVD. championship. We had, we had yeah. Chad. We had Chad uh, okay, Penning, okay. Chad Pennington, right. <laughs> Curtis Martin. We had a great offensive line. We had a really good defensive line as well. We had a really solid team for a and long they, time. Uh, under and the, then you under had the Mr. Butt of, fumble. Then of Mr. Herman. Butt fumble. Listen, we don't talk about Mark Sanchez. <laughs> we don't talk about Mark Sanchez in these parts. We don't do that. But but as we uh we, we move on, we're gonna do our um your sports show um pick five. These are quick picks for the week, and we're going to start counting and then seeing who will have bragging rights at the end of this football season um, about their picks. Um, so starting from this week, um, the five games we have, Vikings-Seahawks. Um, so quick pick, um, who's winning, who's losing? Um, we're going to go um, clockwise. So, Matt, start with you. Vikings-Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks. Seahawks as well. Okay. Get that down for me, Peter. <laughs> so, all right, and I, I say – um, I, I was about to say, are you not picking? Oh, no, I was about to. I was about to. And um, I say Seahawks as well. All right, we all said Seahawks. So, everybody says Seahawks, right? Broncos, Pats. Mm. I'm going to go with the Broncos because there's a lot of cases on the Patriots. <laughs> so I'm going with the Broncos. Mm -hmm. Hold on. Um, let me get this down here. I'm going to go with the Patriots. Okay. Hold on. We got Matt. Got the Patriots. No, Matt got the Broncos. Matt, Matt got the Broncos. She okay. has the Pats. Pats. And I was reading something a little earlier today that mm -hmm. the Patriots just reopened their facility, but Cam Newton wasn't at practice. Because um, he has to quarantine still. He has another week. Yeah, and they don't know if he'll – well, no, they, they, they don't know if he won't be able to practice. I think that he'll be um, – that they might be okay. Uh, let's see here. 
Belichick did not answer whether or not Hoyer was going to be the quarterback. You know what? I think I'm going to say the, I'm going to say the Patriots. I think the Broncos are. They're a skeleton team this year, man. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad for them because I, I really had a lot of hope in Drew Locke. Um, yeah. You know, and he's just getting a, a raw end of the deal over there in Denver. I'm going to go, as much as it breaks my heart to pick them, I'm going to choose the Pats because I think even if Hoyer or Stidham starts, I think Belichick learned a lot from last week's game, seeing them in action. And he's going to, listen, as much as I hate the Patriots, Belichick is a genius. And that man is going to create a game plan to oh. accentuate their strengths. So I'm going with the pass as well. I'm going with the pass as well. Um, Eagle Steelers. Steelers. <laughs> yeah, Steelers. Two Steelers. 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 <laughs> so everybody chose the Steelers there. Um, Giants against the um, them boys. Oh my god! <laughs> my sister and I have a huge football rivalry. He's a big mm-hmm. Dallas fan, and I'm a big Giants fan. So, um, unfortunately, we're gonna be them boys. Oh man, yeah, me too. Um, but you know what? Uh, all right. No, it's Tavia. It's okay. We're all. Uh, I'm picking them boys. <laughs> I'm picking Dallas too. <laughs> this may be the fu- this this may be the first week that we don't get to see a Stephen A. Smith video on Instagram, which, by the way, is the greatest content on Sundays when the Dallas Cowboys lose and Stephen A. records his video. <laughs> How about the Cowboys? Um. You know, but yeah, I think it, the Giants—they got nothing. They got nothing left. I'm sorry. Nothing. Shouts <laughs> out to Saquon. <laughs> I love his. I, I love his yoga. to him to him in the hospital. Like, no, have you have you seen his yo- the yoga commercial that he did? They changed yeah. it where they said, mm-hmm. we know nobody tougher than Saquon Barkley. If anybody can mm-hmm. g- get through this rehab, it's him. And I'm like, that's, that's nice. That's, no. that's real nice. Charming. So, are we all going with the Cowboys? Yeah. yeah. Are we all going to be disappointed when the Cowboys find a way to lose? Listen, no, okay. listen. It doesn't matter because it doesn't matter because the Giants win. They're, they're pretty much in first place. So, no, the NFC East needs to be in the X. I gotta ask an honest question. Uh huh. Do you feel safer picking the Cowboys or the Falcons (laughs) on any given day? The Cowboys, the Cowboys, the Cowboys. 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 They both sure. And you want to know why? You want to know? You want to know why? Y'all want to know why? I'm listening. I feel better. See. You don't have to wait for it to go 10 yards. You can attack it right there. Somebody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't got to play the whole video, but y'all know. Like, <laughs> like, it is, I it is that, team after that. It is that video clip, and I know it's on ESPN Plus, So, but not everybody gets to watch it. Uh-huh. It is that singular video clip alone that I wished I could have turned on Sunday NFL countdown and heard Tom Jackson lose his damn mind <laughs> over <laughs> that play. Bruh, it, I feel like Tom just... Jackson would have just walked off. Tom would have just been like, I'm done. I'm done. I've, I've yeah, been, 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 been done too. Years. I'm done. I've been done too. Just like, I'd be completely done. But the last game we have, which I, I'm, I'm actually pretty interested in, is the, um, the Saints and the Chargers. Um, 
I'm saying I, I can't really go against um, Drew Brees, but the Chargers showed me something last week. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with the Chargers this week. <laughs> me too. I'm going with the Chargers. I'm going with the Saints. Okay. Um. So I think, <laughs> first off, we got we to be honest. Justin mm-hmm. Hurt, I mean, this – this boy the truth. Mm-hmm. And I am not a fan of people losing their their job to injury, even doctor inflicted injury. <laughs> but bro, <laughs> 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 oh man. But my question is, and this goes to Matt's earlier argument in, in, in the NBA. How do you take the ball out of Justin Herbert's hands? After what he's done the last two weeks, if if and when Tyrod comes back, right? Because as Matt said, and in the NFL, this is more true than anywhere. When you are hot, you're hot. Mm-hmm. Um, with all of that said, even though I think Justin Herbert, I think is going to be the, the the starting quarterback for the Chargers moving forward. I think this kid's going to have a really good career. The loss of Austin Eckler, I think, really screws up the Chargers offense. He yeah. hasn't really been great so far this season, but Eckler is a game-changing kind of talent, and I don't think that Herbert is at that place yet where you could put the entire game on his shoulders, even though he showed out against Brady last week. I'm going to pick the Saints simply because I think Breeze and that team know how to win. Uh, they're going to figure out how to win this game. They haven't been great either, um, but I don't think – I don't. Herbert's going to have a good game. And I think the Chargers are going to continue moving in the right direction. But this is not – and I feel bad because Herbert essentially is going to go 0 for 3 in games that he's going to show out in. Yeah. Tough yeah. schedule. Very tough schedule. And and injuries have been tough this whole year for every team. But, um, like I said, just teams that are playing and lucky enough to not have injuries, God bless them, bro. Speaking of, um, speaking of injuries yeah. – I think we have a really it's, – it's, it's, I know it's not the first time that a Raven and a Steeler have played on the same team. But this may be the first time in a long time that we see a long-time Raven and a long-time Steeler line up on the same side of the ball for the same team. Matt, talk is that Le'Veon may be activated for them from the IR for this game against Arizona and with Flacco starting – when did we ever think we would get Jesus. Joe Flacco passing the, giving the ball to Le'Veon Bell? Yeah, that don't even sound synonymous with each other at all. <laughs> that that sounds like b- Bizarro Land. And I feel like with Joe Flacco, like I still, I still think he's a bum. I don't care. Okay, kind of. I got a question. Though. Okay, <laughs> I got a question. <laughs> Obviously, Flacco has won a ring, and this other person hasn't. But let's take that out of the equation for a minute. Who has had the worst luck over the over their career? Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco? Damn. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan for 500, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Matt left. Matt left. <laughs> I mean, they both have just been on the on the bad end of some like Flacco had some really good teams in Baltimore that never got in, and then he finally got one uh, off the fluke. And then, like Matt Ryan, I mean, I feel I, I legitimately feel bad for Matt Ryan. Mm, it'd be all right. I legitimately feel bad <laughs> for that boy. Like Matty Ice 
I feel like he's one of those guys. It's just like, bro, you you deserve just to get a ring from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, just to uh, yeah, pretty much, Matty yeah, Ice has, has melted. I don't know. He he did a lot. Find Dan Quinn. <laughs> so, um, also, Drake, can I ask you a question? How yes. still have a job? How did we? How did we not talk about this week? Um, the the one man crusade that is Aaron Rodgers versus the Green Bay Packers organization. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh, that's that's been an issue. Since the draft, right? like, no, but, but I feel like every game he goes out there and he's just like, "I'm a, I'm a just stick it to y'all." I, I don't think he he don't go out there looking to beat the other team. He go out there looking to embarrass the organization. He literally gets off the field like, "See, this is what y'all wanted." <laughs> like, see, that's what y'all wanted. That's but what um, let's get into a little bit of wrestling to end the the show. Uh, let's start proud. with the draft. Let's start with the, the WWE man. draft. Um, it hurt my heart, man. So I'm just going to go through a couple. It hurt my heart. Why? Why? We'll, 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 talk, we'll get to that. We'll get to why he's hurt. So um, both world champions stay on their respective shows, um, meaning no, Drew and Roman not. both stay on Raw and SmackDown. Has there ever been a draft movie. where the champs have switched? Yes. Like yes. top champs? Plenty of times. Yes. They were doing that too much at one point in time. Like it was yeah. like, all right, y'all. Can, there was y'all one just time Cena <laughs> was the champion and he was drafted to one brand and drafted. He was drafted, to the the draft. he was drafted twice. Yeah, one night. yeah, I think that's so, why they created these rosters now that you can only draft a certain a certain number of superstars or certain superstars on a night, which is stupid. Which is stupid in my opinion. Right. Um, Seth Rollins moved to SmackDown. AJ Styles moved to Raw. Naomi moved to Raw. Bianca Belair moved to SmackDown. Um, Ray and Dominic, I guess they're a tag team. They're on SmackDown. Seth didn't move to SmackDown. The entire Ray Mysterio freaking storyline. Yes, that whole storyline is on SmackDown now. That whole storyline is on SmackDown. Miz and Morrison is on Raw. Dana, um, who else? Who else? Who else? Okay, Murphy is on. Yeah, Drew Gulak <laughs> is on Raw, and Tucker is on Raw. Um, now the glaring, the glaring one that I, I skipped purposely. Big E is still on SmackDown, and Woods and um, Woods and Kofi are on Raw. Now, there's two kind of funny things about the situation. The New Day won the SmackDown Tag Team Championships last night on SmackDown. As soon as they won, they were drafted to Raw. So that's one thing, right? The next thing is uh, you're essentially breaking up the three-man version of the New Day at this current time. Um, Tay, what are your thoughts on New Day splitting right now? I think it's time. I think they had a wonderful six-year run. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I think they've done what a lot of tag teams didn't do in the era where there's no real tag teams. Um, I feel like what I like about it is that they didn't tarnish their um, bond by having somebody turn on someone else. So that's another piece that I I really appreciate about it. I think that it's time. I mean, what more could they possibly do as a tag team? 
Nine time tag team champion. Yeah, what could they? Were they gonna feud with the Usos again? Are they gonna? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, like all things come to an end. The Shield broke up 150 times. So did the Four Horsemen. We had like 75 <laughs> different iterations of the Four Horsemen. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, like it's sad to see it come to an end, but. Mm-hmm. You can't. This is the longest I feel I've seen a tag team together yeah, in my life. I, yeah, outside. No, I was gonna say maybe the Dudley, maybe the Dudleys. Consistently, yeah. though, I mean, there were times didn't the Dudleys <clears throat> come to each other too? They fought each other after, like, like after. Yeah, no, but they, they stayed together from. They yeah 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 you're right no, you're right on, you're right no you're 110 percent right six, yeah. six consistent years together what other tag team has had six consistent years together not Edge and Christian not the mm-hmm. Hardys you get what I'm saying like they they've always broken up got back together broken up got back together the Shield maybe Legion of Doom yes LOD was the only ones that we yeah, know of in WWE the that, that right. Yeah, and the, I mean the Rockers weren't Midnight together Express. for six years. I'm about the Midnight Express. I'm at, my bad. Oh. Midnight Express. <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think they was, I think they were together for like a decade over. Yeah, but Midnight, I think yeah, they never looking at a different with the, looking at a different era in wrestling too. Really? You get what I'm saying? Like tag teams are not big like they used to be. Like they're not mm-hmm. like I think Pete had pointed out to me to us that there's only like five in the whole mm-hmm. in both rosters. You get what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, I think it was time. Mm-hmm. I'm, and I'm glad that E is on SmackDown because I would have hated to see him go to Raw and get lost in the shuffle. True, true. Um, Matt, your thoughts? Um, I, shouts to I, Hearts of Talk of Champions. Uh, she always seems to pop in when we start talking about wrestling. I don't know how she knows. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, Hearts. But yeah, um, I was a little weird about it. Cause I was just I was overly excited to see them back together, and then it was just done that quick. You cry. I mean, granted, yeah. No, I'm not gonna cry. Um, in all honesty, we haven't seen them in its in its entirety for like a year. Cause Woods went down, and then Kofi went down, and then it was just E. And granted, I'm excited for Big E. You know, I feel like he does deserve this. You know, this push. You know, because he he is entertaining and he is a pretty good talent in the ring, and it, I'm 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 you know I'm looking forward to see what comes of Big E, but then it just it just throws it up in the air. What's going to happen with Woods and Kofi on on Raw? You know, there's virtually nobody for them to really feud with. If Street Profits, we all realize Street Profits is probably more likely about to go to SmackDown. So I mean, what? Who are they going to feud with? There's no tag teams. So what's going to happen? Who knows? Pete. Well, I can tell you what is going to happen. They are going to win two more tag team championships throughout their career because Vince McMahon is, from what I've heard uh, through the grapevine and time, he is obsessed with them breaking the Dudley's record as the most uh, tag champion, uh, having the most tag title. Uh, runs in the WWE, and the Dudleys have ten. And if you count mm-hmm. the uh, the multiple reigns, SmackDown and Raw, that the New Day have, it's now nine. 
So they're going to have to win tag titles two more times. Obviously, we know the Street Profits are going to move to SmackDown to replace the New Day, having won the tag titles there, unless for some reason, unless for some dumb reason they have the Street Profits lose the tag titles on Raw, and then they have uh, the New Day lose the tag titles on the final SmackDown for their, if they add a stipulation to that six-man tag match or something. But more than likely what's going to happen is that the Profits are going to go to SmackDown and Woods and Woods and uh, Kofi coming to Raw with those titles. Um, I'm tired of calling it a draft. Yeah. Tired of calling it a draft. It's illegitimate. It's we know it's illegitimate, and the WWE does no puts no effort in making us believe it's legitimate, right? Um, you create these these pools of wrestlers that can be selected, right? And and so you know. It becomes tough. You then move entire storylines. You don't even make it interesting. Like, it would have been interesting to move Seth to SmackDown and keep Murphy on Raw. You want to move Dominic and Ray to SmackDown and continue that thing with with Seth? Fine. But let Murphy kind of become a star on on Raw. You want to move certain people. Uh, And then the draft continued today on Talking Smack. They broke up heavy machinery. Otis yeah. is staying on SmackDown. Tucker's going to Raw. Sorry, He's I didn't say that correctly. Tucker's headed to getting, you know, future endeavors. Future endeavors. That's, that's, that's pretty that's much what's about to happen. You know, which which is which is terrible for him because I think Tucker's a pretty good talent in the ring. Right? He's you got a talker. Right. You got Carrillo staying on Raw. You know, and it's some people moving, but when it comes to the new day, am I glad that Big E's gonna get his singles push? Yes. Do I think he get a does do I think he gets a better singles push on SmackDown versus Raw? Yes. But to me, I also worry about how long this single push happens. How long does E's momentum go? Because when E is by him, see, because the question is gonna be what happens to the new day gimmick. Exactly. Does the New Day gimmick go with Woods and, and Kofi? Does it stay on both shows? Is Big E still a part of the New Day, but now he's just a solo act? I don't know if that's something that works. And so if that's not something that works, how does WWE change Big E? And does that affect his momentum? Not the, the, You did see a more aggressive Big E last night in that fight with Sheamus. Well, yeah, but it's also a street fight. It was a no count on no DQ or something I like think that. it was a more – it was taking him away from the antics and kind of showing people that Big E can hang. Oh, yeah. And listen, Big E, the second-ever NXT champion. People forget that. Big E was the second-ever NXT champion doing the five-time gimmick. He was Dolph's bodyguard when he came in. You know, uh, was an intercontinental champion at one point, if I'm not mistaken, very early on in that run. Was a dominant NXT superstar in the early days of NXT, um, but I'm 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 just a little worried, right? Um, I'm also I like I said I don't really like the draft concept. We kind of know some things that might or rumored to happen on Monday. One of the big rumors is that the Fiend is going to move over to Raw, um, which is going to continue his storyline with Kevin Owens. Um, which I'm just hoping that it means we get old KO back. Um, Nine times out of ten, that's what's going to happen. Right, if they're following the same I want that. I want that. Keep the Fiend on. Keep the get the Fiend on Raw. 
he's not fitting into the main event scene right now. I think he'd be a good foil for Drew. I didn't see that until now. That could be a possibility going down the line. I, I think I mentioned in the chat yet. Yeah, I'll chat yesterday. I kind of just want him to do something to Samoa Joe so we get Samoa Joe back. No, I miss, I miss Samoa Joe. He no, he's yeah. not. Well, he he's says fine. he's he not. He was. He did an interview with Taylor Wilde, former TNA superstar Taylor Wilde, mm. um, and he said on her podcast that he is uh, currently just doing commentary, but his in-ring career is far from over. Now I know that reports say that Vince loves him on commentary, and he's great. Don't I get me wrong. He gave us the most memeable moment of all of 2020 when he basically, you know, he bitched out Buddy Murphy while never looking at him, right? Um, but I, I would love to see Samoa Joe back. Um, the, the mid card really needs to be rebuilt. I see Andrade moving to raw, I mean, to SmackDown. Um, uh, and I would like, I would like to see a feud between Andrade and maybe Jeff Hardy, Andrade and Sami Zayn. Um, but there, there are a lot of things I, I, I don't like about the draft. My biggest takeaway to it all was Bianca. And that's going to be my biggest negative. I wanted Bianca to stay on Raw, and here's why. This is just me fantasy booking. Okay. I wanted Bianca to be the one that defeated Asuka. To me, there's no better rub for Bianca in that situation, because here's why. Asuka's whole story right now is that nobody can beat Asuka. Asuka's beaten everybody. Mm -hmm. right? Asuka's beaten every woman that's come through there. Okay, And many people may not realize this. But Asuka doesn't actually lose clean a lot of times. She's really been protected the entire time that she's on the main roster. People talk about that, that she doesn't get that she gets buried. She doesn't get used enough. There's a lot of but Asuka does not lose. She either wins or when she loses, it's shenanigans or it's DQ or she loses in a tag match. But she doesn't take the pin, right? She's only taking pins against people who are on that that pedigree of. Right, right. Charlotte, Charlotte Bailey, Charlotte, right. the, the one, the four horse woman. Yeah, and to me, has Bailey beaten her clean though? I don't think. No, no, not no, not clean. But we're, yeah, I we're thought you were just saying the, we're talking about without the shenanigans, right? Oh, without the shenanigans, the only one that's beaten her clean, Charlotte. Yeah, Charlotte and Becky. Yes, Charlotte and Becky. The only two that have beaten her clean, and so to me. Having Bianca, especially with the vignettes that have been going on on Raw, mm -hmm. having Bianca pop up and face Asuka, and even if it's like a, a surprise roll-up victory, right? And that's how Bianca beats her and becomes the Raw Women's Champion because I deserve that type of win. No, but here's the thing: here's where you play that because she's have, cheapening her. No, not really. You have her because she is the smart test. Right, he's the smartest, and then yeah. and then you build a long term feud out of it, where now Bianca's going into matches because giving her the title win legitimizes her. She beats Oscar, but now you play up like you just said. Well, wait a minute, you had to roll me up. You had to, you know, let's do it again. Let's run this back. And, and now Oscar a lot though. You know, and Bianca ends up. I think it really would have rubbed Bianca the right way because Bianca would have been the one to step up to the challenge. Her her whole character would not be afraid of Oscar, would be willing to go toe to toe with Oscar, and be able to have a great match. She could have beaten Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship, 
and then really built a big feud out of that and gone great places and really built her. So to me, her going to SmackDown because I don't see her fitting in to what's happening right now with Bailey and Sasha. I get right? you. That is that's gonna permeate that top for a long time. But you know what? We were talking about trying to get Sasha and Bailey away from each other. You know who um Bianca Belair reminds me of all around the board? She's a Mr. Perfect to me, which means that she might be one of the best to never hold the, the women's championship. I think that would be that would be a detriment to her, unfortunately. She reminds me of uh, Mr. Perfect. In ring ability, strong has the look, has the the charisma, has everything. But you know what? Maybe not. Maybe at the wrong time. They may not know mm. necessarily what to do with her because they do have a wealth of talent. It's just not distributed properly yeah. right yeah. now. But to me, I mean, what? I, I mean, unless things change on Raw, what is it? We're gonna now see. You know, the next ten weeks is gonna be Bianca fighting Lacey Evans, right? Or Bianca fighting. You know, that's, that's pretty much what's going. That's Lacey pretty. Evans that's pretty much what's gonna happen. That's yeah, pretty much what's about to happen. She was. She was basically the next big thing, and now she's kind of squandered as well. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's time. I think the four horsewomen have had their time too. I think it's time for them to kind of like fall back a bit. And yeah, Charlotte, Charlotte has fallen yeah. back. Charlotte has fallen back. Yeah. Right, Oscar. Right. Yeah, Oscar. I mean, I, I mean, Oscar. Becky's obviously pregnant. Uh, Bailey, I think we're getting the best work of her career. I'm over it though. I was looking at I it think, like, right? and I'm just like, I wasn't impressed that like this Sasha and Bailey thing. They need to wrap it up. I thought it should have been a slow burn, but after watching that last night, I'm like. I think they rushed it. I don't think they should have fought last night. To me, they shouldn't yeah, have. Right. That makes sense. The fact that Sasha came back one week and then the next week they're fighting for the women's championship. I'm like, yo, yeah, that, 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 was, that was, that was kind of bad booking for back, sure. Their first match back should have been held. I would just say, you know, we've been, it's one of those things like, They've been rushing. They've been slow burning, slow burning, slow burning, slow burning. It's time to pick up the gears with their rivalry, but how? To me, their first match should have been in Hell in a Cell. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It should have been in Hell in Hell in a Cell. You could have had, um, you could have had, you know, Sasha kind of um, win, or you could have had some kind of thing where no woman wins, and it could have been a really, you know, fuck finish. Inside Hell in a Cell, something go wrong. Something, something maybe referee stoppage. Maybe both of them just beat the shit out of each other in Hell in a Cell. They literally can't continue, and it's a referee stoppage. But Bailey keeps her title, and then you burn that a little bit further. Um, mm -hmm. I think honestly, this burn needs to go to the yeah. Royal Rumble. Either it's gonna be that's the night that Sasha gets the title, uh -huh. or Sasha wins the Rumble and Bailey gets it at and and, and takes it from Bailey at Mania. But at some point, Rumble has to be Rumble has to be the the pivot point. It has to be, oh, and and either you you do a Rock Triple A. I'm sorry, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do either a Rock Triple H type of thing where they're pretty much flip flopping the belts for a little bit, um, between each other, but um. Or you like either you do like what Tavia says, you end it at, at um you can end it at Hell in a Cell, but you can revisit it down the line. You can I, revisit it because if realistically, 
Bailey, if you really want to extend the story, have Bailey beat the hell out of Sasha again in Hell of a Cell and have Sasha win the Rumble. Max Wait, so we can wrap I up. Got I just, I got just had an idea, Dre. You just popped a, a light bulb in my head. Uh-huh. What if that exact thing happens? Bailey beat the shit out of Sasha at Hell of a Cell, puts her back on the shelf until the Rumble. Yeah. Bailey, get, we get to the Royal Rumble, and WWE says, you know what, Bailey? You're mm-hmm. right. You've beaten everybody on Raw. You've beaten everybody on SmackDown. And, and you know what? Why don't you take the ultimate challenge? And Bailey has to defend the, w, the women's championship in the Rumble. Like Roman. Right. And now she's actually getting, she's getting some shit. You got some NXT women to come in. They're giving her a good fight. But she's surviving. Sasha, who's not officially in the Rumble, Sneaks in, bops Bailey out. Bailey's now eliminated, which guarantees that Bailey will lose the women's championship. And that's how you then burn to the mania match where Sasha gets the rub at the end of it. Because now Sasha gets to fight Bailey at Mania because Bailey's gonna be like, you know what? Screw this. I want I want this match. I, I beat you once, I put you on the shelf. Now I'm gonna end your career. You have it go to Sasha Bailey at Mania. Sasha goes over, and you give Bailey a little time off to kind of regroup and come back. Yeah, the story can go in so many different ways, but um, hopefully they, like I said, they they wrap it up. So, um, real last segment is you know new segment, bring it to the table. So, Pete, I'm gonna start with you. Okay, Um, so yesterday, unfortunately, it's going to be a a little bit of a bad news for uh, bringing to the table Uh, a couple nights ago, the night of game, night after game four in the World Series, in the ALDS, uh, Yankees, uh, uh, Tampa Bay Rays, we got word that uh, one of the greatest Yankee pitchers of all time, Whitey Ford, the chairman of the board, uh, passed away. Like I said, at the age of 91, Hall of Famer, uh, went in with his teammate, Roger Maris. Um, and you know, Whitey was one of those guys where he took the ball in eight different game one starts in the world series. So when you talk about a dependable pitcher, when you talk about a guy who's like, we're going to give you the ball, we know we're getting a win. Uh, that was Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford still holds the record for the most strikeouts in uh, major league baseball history in the world series, as well as other world series pitching records. Um, he won two world series titles during his time with the Yankees, played his entire 16 year career. Uh, with them, and his number is retired in the Yankees' um, retired numbers list. So Whitey Ford at the age of 91, I mean, I remember watching uh, when I was a young kid. So I was probably like very early 90s. Whitey Ford was in the outfield for Old Timers Day, and he was like, I think maybe what, 68, maybe 70 years old. And he was literally just playing soft toss with one of the uh, one of the young Yankee players at the time. And mm-hmm. You just saw this late 60s, early 70-year-old man, like, light up. Like, it was the greatest thing in the world to be, you know, throwing a ball back at Yankee Stadium. And the kid that he was playing, uh, the player that he was playing catch with, looked like he was a kid in a candy store. Mm -hmm. You know? And so, to me, um, you know, we're lucky enough that the Yankees have something such as Old Timers Day. 
And to me, it's one of the greatest things in the world uh, to go to, 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 to see a lot of the old Yankees come back. And even the ones that can't play anymore because of age or injury, they still do come to the stadium and get a, a nice uh, a nice ovation from the crowd. It's always a beautiful, a beautiful day. And if, you've, uh, if you're a Yankee fan, you've never been to Old Timers Day, or even if you're just a baseball fan, you want to go to an, uh, a, great, a great day. Try to get tickets to a Yankees Old Timers Day game because it is it is one of the greatest things in the world uh, to see just these old these older veteran legendary players pop back up. Yep, yep, yep. I agree. You gotta get out of though. Matt. Right. Uh, Matt. Yes. Hmm. Uh, what am I bringing to the table? I'm bringing to the table anger because I'm upset. Oh, someone called Jada, the red table. Hold on. I'm very upset with disrespect that Kyrie Irving's been getting from you three. I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I knew you were going to say Kyrie. I'm, I felt that upset. Cool, bro. I'm bothered. Uh-huh. I'm uh-huh. hurt with the level of disrespect that I'm getting. Alexa, play Caught Up in the Rapture by Anita Baker. For this, for this, for this great man. Here's Who's done a lot by Anita Baker. Alexa, you better not. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's what you're doing, Taylor. That's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Is she going to continue to play this ball? It's okay. So that's what we're doing now. You know why? Because I'm offended. I used my first bring it to the table and shouted Joe ass out, right? And then you going to talk about disrespect. <laughs> who have no respect for his teammates? How does he have, not have any respect for his teammates? Like Why? Because he said, because he said that he finally feels like he has a teammate that he can pass the ball to for the last shot. He trusts Kevin Durant. That is a great teammate. That is that's instilling faith <laughs> in the future. Let's, let's that's what that's about. How you feel about KD? What? Hmm? Let's ask uh, Westbrook. I'm gonna feel about what we're got to feel about KD. I do. Gotta, he, should, he, should, right. he, should, he should feel how he feels about getting eliminated by Rajon Rondo. That's what the fuck he should feel. Really? <laughs> All right. You don't say, wow. Tay, Anita Baker. That's what we, okay. Tay, Tay, you're 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 bringing to the table. What do you bring to the table? Um. So. Mm-hmm. Today is World Mental Health Day. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to spend like a couple of seconds um, mm-hmm. encouraging people to be kind to each other. You know, I know we banter and we, you know, we play around and stuff like that, but like you never know what battles and struggles people are going through. And you know, we often see that people like to like bury others, bring people down and stuff like that. Like on this day of like world mental health, like for, for my fellas, you know, for people of color, it's time to really take your mental health seriously. You get what I'm saying? If you're not, it's okay to not feel okay. Mm-hmm. And then tomorrow is National Coming Out Day. So for all of my LGBTQ, TIA family members, community members, friends, family, my, you know, I'm here with you. Um, I celebrate you. I fight for you. I advocate you, and I love you. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and just for me, um, bringing it to the table. Um, my biggest thing, uh, what I've been learning this year is just 
to give people their flowers while they're still here. Um, we've lost so many people this year due to the virus, um, due to other means as well. But um, just the fact, again, I said this last week, to have this platform to share with people who I consider my family and just the network as a whole. Again, I have to give you guys your flowers as well, all three of you, because, like I said, the show doesn't work without all four of us. It doesn't. Um, Pete just joined on, but he's been a um, big help to us. Matt and Tavia, you guys have been here from the jump and seen us throw a lot of stuff at the wall and it just slip off and just between, you know, rebranding the logos and just, just everything in general. So again, I have to give you guys, especially um, Matt and Tavia, de definitely your flowers for being here from the beginning. And then, you know, Sorry, my bad. <laughs> for 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 just <laughs> sticking around for the you know the entirety of it, and we're just gonna keep the ball rolling. Romeo. Oh, this is this is this is this is, this is going off the this is going off the rail the rails for sure. So, <laughs> oh, can I can I just say though? <laughs> oh my God. He, he, they're gonna have a versus battle. Oh my god. That's what we're doing. No way. I don't need this. Uh Dre play design the women. Yo, what's going on with y'all? Stop, stop, stop. Play design the women. Nah, mutant, a mutant mic. <laughs> mutant mic. Go ahead, Pete, real uh, quick. Because we have to like go. You, yeah, just like you said, just to close this off, right? Um, mm -hmm. you were talking about giving people roses while they're still here. And while uh this person did just announced their retirement, they are still with us. And I would like to just really quickly give my roses uh to legendary uh legendary wrestler jazz who just announced oh, her retirement yeah. from active in-ring competition this woman is almost 50 years old and can still run rough shot through most women's divisions in professional wrestling um she had wanted to do a retirement tour in 2020 but obviously covid just destroyed that for her um you know obviously if you want to you know she announced her retirement on a uh, Chris Van Vliet's podcast with, with mm -hmm. his interview series that he does, uh, which really threw a lot of people for a loop. Um, there is nothing but good things that women in the business have to say about jazz. Uh, and especially as a woman of color, the way that she blazed a trail in this business uh, should never be forgotten. Uh, many people only know her from her WWE run. And if that's all you know about jazz, you are missing out on one of the greatest careers in women's wrestling and in wrestling wrestling bar none so give my roses and, to jazz yes definitely i think we should do an episode on jazz at, at, at some point in time soon so nope. good night <laughs> <laughs> so for the queen queen tay <laughs> for, for Bow -wow. oh man for <laughs> the voice of a generation <laughs> pete rosado <Baby>. <laughs> it is your boy Big baby signing off. Peace. Oh man, this is great.